seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland. And uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland and uh, play for Celtic. Hello and welcome to the Bynumit Celtic Podcast. My name is Lawrence Donigan and I'm joined this week, as I'm joined every week, by my good pal and co-host, Dr. Remy Weekswain. How you doing, Ren? I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty well, but I'm, I'm just determined not to neither cough nor sneeze for about the next half hour. I know, it's brutal. I've actually got a bit of a cold, but I've had it for a wee bit. So, I mean, who knows? Um, here, I don't suppose... Uh, the I don't think we should be making any uh, should we be making any jokes, Rem? I don't know. What do you think? I think you have to. Oh really? Uh, we'll ask our uh, yeah. our asked our consultant, uh, Doctor Paul Thompson. How you doing, Paul? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm out of touch with the jokes, so I'm being self self out. I can't even say that. <laughs> self <laughs> you can tell I guess since I spoke to anybody. <laughs> I've got, Are no, you wearing Brendan Rodgers' teeth there or something? That was all over the show. <laughs> I, I, I've got no comic timing. I've been self-isolating. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, well, uh, it looks like the, the whole world of sport is shutting down, apart from the golf. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Actually, the golf and Scottish football, that's it. The um, But uh, we will be here, uh, mainly because we're in three separate parts of the world, uh, talking on Skype, so it doesn't interrupt the Binary Celtic podcast. Uh, Quite a lot to talk about. Uh, We've got a game on Sunday. Uh, We'll come on to that. Uh, Well, I guess we should... ah, Well, actually, we'll get get games to talk about, but we'll talk about the the, uh, coronavirus uh, and what's going to happen. Complete confusion, Rem. Talk me through it. Uh, Yeah, I mean... The world appears to have gone into meltdown today. I mean, even the US have admitted they've got a problem, and uh, it's there was all sorts of rumours flying about today. You know that tonight's all the Europa League games tonight would be off. Uh, that hasn't happened. The other one was that the game on Sunday would be behind closed doors, and it looks now as if everything's all right till Sunday at midnight. So we're just going to play as normal. Uh, it doesn't make much sense, but again, what's the point of second guessing all this stuff? I mean, there's a everybody's like everybody's got an opinion. It does seem a bit odd that it's okay to congregate fifty thousand people at twelve uh, at noon on Sunday, and and lo and behold, at midnight on Sunday into Monday, it's it's not. Uh, Paul, you're a you're a pretty serious guy with a pretty serious uh, occupation. I I mean, does it look in any way organised, or is there any application of sanity in any of this? Uh, well, again, <laughs> much like the government, I'm no expert. But uh, w- w- what I would say it, that that that's 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 a strange piece is you know leaving the conspiracy theories aside about why Sunday's games happening, why tonight's games happening. The that sort of arbitrary, yeah, we'll we'll make it Monday. Just seems a little bit strange. Seems inconsistent with what the UK are saying as well. Uh, I read the bold Boris's statement just before I came on there and they're talking about no cancellation of sporting events because it wouldn't make much difference anyway. Now, I know I know the Scottish approach as well is to, to avoid the the police and the emergency services being stretched. So so why allow the games this weekend to go ahead then? You know, it just you know, seems really contradictory. Uh we'll just have to go with what what happens, you know. That's I don't think there's anybody at can fully map their way through this. It's uncharted territory for us all. 
here. Uh, what I think, they, I think uh, the, sorry, sorry, Lawrence, I think the interesting thing there, though, Paul, is although you know none of us are experts and you know, wouldn't claim to be, it's very interesting that football <laughs> all over the rest of Europe's off. And yeah. their, their medical yeah. experts all seem to have different opinions from the medical yeah. experts here. Well, I think I think even I mean that the timing of the Scottish government statement earlier. I mean, we were speaking on Thursday evening, and there was a statement at lunchtime which was heavily discussed on Twitter and elsewhere. But coming half an hour or so after the Irish statement, which was pretty much everything's closed for six o'clock tonight, and the Scottish one was well, pretty much we'll we'll see how it goes, but it looks like Monday. Uh, and you just wonder what the difference is between the two. You know, they're kind of comparable societies, both got a kind of high focus on sport, both expecting mass events and over the weekend, and yet ours is different from everybody else's. Us in England seem to be standing alone, which is kind of weird. Here, what are the uh, conspiracy theories regarding Sunday's game? Might as well hear them. Well, Maybe I mean there's there's broader conspiracy theories about about you know certain clubs requiring the revenue, but I think it's more the issue rather than calling it a conspiracy theory. That's maybe a bad word. The the, the broad consensus that people have <laughs> been speaking to today, some of whom are, are relatively well informed, is that the police are probably happier keeping all the fans in one place on Sunday than having them you know roaming the streets or roaming the pubs of Glasgow, which to me seems you know, counterproductive. Uh, and I go, I, you know, if you're, if you're purely going to go and police resourcing as a reason for, you know, public health measures being put in place, then I accept it's an issue, but it's certainly not the only issue. That would be something else. So 50,000 people looking for a, a place to watch the game. Like Aye, but, Whoa. but I mean, if you, you, it's, th- it's thirsty. We've got three days. I mean, we've we've all we've all travelled to games and it's been called off on the day. But equally, we've all known days in advance that games have been off before, and mainly through weather conditions. But you know, people can deal with it. We're not. It's there's this cliche. I know there is a number of, of football fans who will sort of be outraged and will head for the pub and will kind of head to the ground and all that. But there's actually a huge number who won't, and will just accept the you know informed advice wisely and, and take it on board and, and do what they're expected to do and stay at home. Yeah, it's, I think the, the key issue seems to be that there doesn't seem to be an effective contingency plan. The, the contingency plan for me would have been if you have got to play games like that behind closed doors, you you make sure people have got access to a TV stream or you make the the broadcasters air it free air or you know whatever you want to do. I was going to say put it in Celtic TV but nobody will see it that way. Uh, oh, especially you, one. <laughs> I should I should take this uh, opportunity to announce that I've, I appear to have been banned by Celtic TV. I they've successfully. It's <laughs> the only thing that they're actually good at. As somebody said on Twitter, uh, they're good at shutting down streams. That's all they can do. Uh, if they put the energy into uh, actually putting out a good product rather than all their energy into shutting down streams, they wouldn't have so much trouble. Uh, anyway, I tried to because right, I couldn't find a game on Saturday. So I uh, tried to register. The, the thing is, I, I paid for a month and uh, I watched the game and then I, I went back on my email account and they re- rejected my money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, not to worry, uh, the games are easily found elsewhere. It's actually it's only the three o'clock Saturday games that are, that are an issue. Um, as, as Maggie said, well, you're going to have to just reg- register an account in my name. <laughs> the... Um, 
here, uh, Remy, you're just fresh out of chairing a meeting of the Cobra Committee. Uh, what do you think should happen with the SPFL? Obviously, we. I, I mean, my personal view is that we should uh, just abandon the season and nothing this season counts, and then we go back to square one. Uh, what do you think about well, that? Well, I, I, I could give you my Logan Roy <laughs> reply to that. But, um, my, my, uh, my, when you say Cobra, what you mean is I've just bought six bottles of Indian Lager, I think. But there you go. I, I would... Uh, I, for me, they've got to cancel or postpone Euro, the Euros. Um, it's absolutely mental to have folk travelling all over Europe because of the stupid tournament organisation they've got this year. That frees up June. You suspend the league for a few weeks and then you play the games in late April, May and in early June. That sounds pretty sensible. I think, that, I, I think well, God, there's so much information out there, you don't know what's real and what's not, but it seems pretty much certain that UF are going to uh, push the Euros back to 2021. Well, uh, keep saying they are. I mean, they're, they're usually pretty reliable. Yeah, but I, I think I've seen, yeah, well, maybe it's just people uh, quoting the keep. Uh, but that seems like a very sensible, I mean, then that, that way everybody's kind of satisfied. Uh, what have you heard, Paul? You've been, you know, you've been talking to a few folk. Uh, what's been, uh, what have been the machinations that we haven't been hearing about? Well, I think there's, there's certainly been discussions around the SPFL and a couple of people have, have been talking about what would happen there. I think I think to be to be honest, everybody wants the games played. That's you know, if if anybody's got an interest in football, you want all the games played, you want it to be a clean season and you want it to be something that you can look back on with a, a degree of pride that you played all the games and you finished top of the league because you won all your games or you won the most points. Uh but there has to be contingencies and, and I think that's the sort of worst case scenarios, I guess, are you, you abandon the league, which you know I know you were joking when you said it, but the the sheer sort of horrendous mess that would leave across nah, Europe no that was that with all the leagues is, is doesn't make it a a feasible uh, thing. I mean, I guess in Scotland you've got the option, and I know it has been discussed, and you know, kind of good friend of ours had had got some information around it to say that there had been discussions around. You know, finishing the the SPFL if required at the split, uh, and the reason being that everybody will have played each other three times at that point. However, to, to announce that with you know three or four games left, I think three for most teams, four for for Rangers and St Johnson, it, it doesn't seem particularly sporting, and you know, particularly <laughs> if you're, you know, probably doesn't affect us at all because if that was the case, we'd we'd be champions already, but. Uh, it would leave a bit a better taste, especially for the guys at the bottom of the league. I would think because you know if you're if you're Hearts or, or even Hamilton, you're effectively dropped in uh, with, with no chance to escape at that point. So again, I know it's been discussed, but I don't think it's a feasible thing. Uh, I think the most likely outcome, and it is Euro dependent, is is what you guys were discussing that we have a, a pause. Uh, I was arguing this morning that if the Scotland games were cancelled and the health situation was relatively okay over the next couple of weeks. You could actually try and accelerate the season a bit before you go into pause. So try and get the semi-finals played. Try and get the leagues finished a bit earlier because uh, you'll have three slots becoming available the week and a half that Scotland were meant to be playing. Uh, but I think, given the sort of change in situation this afternoon, it's more likely that the games will be suspended before then than than be accelerated. Uh, I would well. If they uh, suspend the games and push them further into the, the better weather, you might see a bit of a push for uh, summer football. I mean, if people are turning up at the end of May and into the middle of June to watch football games in really lovely 
night decent weather and that 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 might be a you know a kick on effect, Ren. Agreed? No. Nah. No. No, I, I've, got, I've got no interest in summer football. And the good thing, even taking your argument there, if the Euros have been put back and the season doesn't finish in June, you can't do f- summer football the next summer because the Euros are on. And you can't do it the following, or is it Qatar in 2022? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, uh, Qatar's uh, 2022, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Then it's... Uh, what so is it after? Are we, are we getting, uh, we're, we're getting uh, a winter shutdown for the World Cup that year, so... Serious leagues do not play in summer football. The um, here, Scott. <laughs> again, I think it requires watching it a few times. He, there was a he was doing the press today, and the kind of headline saying that Browns calls for if the league ends, Celtic to be awarded. I'm not sure he quite said that. I mean, I guess you could interpret. But the guy, you I mean, you throw the guy in uh, at a press conference, he's got no idea. It's like everybody else. He's got no idea uh, what's going to happen and and how people should respond. I mean, he's just answering off the cuff. I don't know how serious he was. Maybe he was serious. Uh, not very helpful though, Paul. Was it? Do you think? I mean, it just it just rattles up. You you know you know who and it and I guess the hearts and yeah. all that. I mean, I, I I'd been heard. I, I was told that the you know the serious legal actions we kicking around. If say they called the league after thirty three games, you know, at, at the end of the or at the start of the split. I and, and I think I, I, to be honest, I think the, the legal action would be, I think it would be real. Uh, assuming a number of teams could afford legal action, given the, the, the precarious state of their finances, unfortunately. But I'd say that would be probably more likely at the bottom end than, than the top end. If you actually look at the the, the realistic fan, uh, even even the kind of I was going to say the milder uh, the, the the kind of governing. You're looking at a league, and you know we're old old enough to remember the pools panel and how oh. <laughs> how they used to def- decide games when they, you know when the, the weather when they, you know the, the horrendous winters when you were shut down for four weeks at a time and whatever, and you'd get the the kind of what was meant to be a sort of fact based assessment of how games were going to go. Well, I think you would <laughs> you would really need to kind of. John Beaton and Douglas Ross to be chairing the pools panel for us not to win the league if you went down that road this season. So uh, I, I think it, it just seems at the moment that none of us know what's going to happen. And, and it's really, you know, anything that's said by the likes of Scott Brown is going to be jumped on by the press because they're in a vacuum because they're not getting any information at the SPFL, they're not getting any information at the SFA. And to be honest, they're not getting a great deal of information at the government to explain, you know, what, how f- football's role in the grand scheme of what's obviously a worldwide crisis is, but uh, I, my personal view is I, I just want it to be clean. I want it, however it's finished, I want it to be something that people can look back and they think, well, actually, they won it fairly and square that year. I don't want any kind of inference of asterisks or any of that nonsense. Uh, and if that means we play until September, then that'll be the case, you know. If you lose your winter break next year and you you just finish your league your league next uh, next season, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I, I really don't want it to be just handy to us. Uh, the uh, here's a, com- a competition idea, Remy. Uh, we should guess Alfred Morelos's weight if the league's suspended <laughs> for a month. What what weight will he be when he comes back? <laughs> oh, um, the way he's going just now, about a hundred. Uh, Twenty-five kilos. Oh, he'll, he'll, more more, uh, more pounds than yellow cards. 
Uh, very good. Which is a lot, obviously. The uh, yeah. Have you seen this? I, I see it more and more. I probably follow more Rangers fans than either of you two on Twitter. But there is more and more. Uh, this uh, nine isn't he? It's not proper nine because we weren't there. I mean, have you ever heard so? Of course, as soon as you push back against it, it crumbles. Yeah, you know, absolutely crumbles. Uh, but it's just it's just laughable, isn't it, Rem? It's completely laughable. It's like saying Peter Head weren't in the league. They went bust. They, they, you know, they, they're, they're a different team. It doesn't matter. Even if they were in the league, we'd have won it anyway. You, you, you can't, people can't say, who won the English League in 1974? Was it Liverpool? I can't remember. But Man United had been relegated. Who cares? It's one of the ones, when, when, actually, when you look back at the last four years, and the four years before that, you know, the four years before that, we were sort of on autopilot. We were considering Aberdeen and Motherwell as your closest rivals and everybody was winning cups apart from us and then if you want to if you want to kind of put that habit you know we weren't in it argument that means we'd be probably looking at our eighth consecutive or ninth consecutive treble at this point because that's what happened when they did come back or depending on your definition came back or came for the first time whatever way you want to look at it but you know, we we've been, we would have been miles ahead of them regardless. And at the end of the day, whose fault is it that they weren't there? I, there is that. I was laughing with... Well, I wasn't laughing. I had a go at one of them. You know, Rory McIlroy won the... Tiger Woods didn't play in the 2011 US Open. And Rory McIlroy won it by nine shots. Does that mean his, his, his victory isn't real? I mean, just a joke. Uh, that's a very good point, Then I hadn't thought about that. Since they, or was it you, Paul? Since they've come back in the league, we've won every single trophy. <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, um, so we reckon we'll... Uh, here, did, who was it? Was I don't know which one of you mentioned it. That, 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 oh, you did. You've already mentioned it, Paul. Uh, end it at a split. That would make sense in a way, wouldn't it? Because... I, I think mathematically it would. It's one of the ones, if, if they'd said a month ago, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a not, one of the potential outcomes here is we'll, we'll finish at the split. You could see people going, oh, well, for seven or eight games left, oh, it's no great, but yeah, I see the logic of it. But to say it, I mean, Hearts could beat last night. If you turn on to the Hearts supporters today and say, well, <laughs> to be fair, I have. But <laughs> if you say to them, oh, by the way, you're, you're one game away from being down and you've only played 30 games, you know, that's, that's going to depress the hell out of people. It, it's, it's not fair. It, it might be the only way it has to be finished. It would be horrendous if that was the case, uh, and and I, I genuinely mean that. Much as I, you know, my, my documented dislike for Harps is is well known, but uh, I would hate that to be imposed at this point unless it was absolutely no other way of doing it. The uh, the German ice hockey league has been completely abandoned. So I hope, I'm sure you both saw that yesterday. I think Derek Ray tweeted that out. Um, anyway, what Austrian one. The Austrian one's gone, my mate's a big uh, ice hockey fan in Salzburg, and it's gone as well. Yeah, I wonder what's uh, I wonder what's unique about uh, ice hockey that uh, they can just th- throw it all in the bin. Apart from not, it, does it not travel worse than the cold? Is it not? Is it not more? Uh, oh. I mean, the, I mean, the McDonald's said it would all go away with a bit of sun. Yeah, hang on, we're getting into territory where we have not got a Scooby Dooby Doo. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's what Donald Trump said. Oh, I did he? Oh, <laughs> good weather. No, no. Good weather. Away. Don't worry. Speaking of people who don't have a Scooby, uh, what a shambles that is! By the way, he is oh, uh, absolutely. Is this your uh, by the minute US politics uh, pod now? No. Uh, anyway, here. Uh, so, assuming that 
Uh, the game, I still don't think, no, I, there's no way this game's going to be played on Sunday in front of a crowd. We'll come on to that in a minute. That's just my feeling. That's my gut feeling. A couple of games to talk about since the last pod. Uh, 2-2 at Livingston and 5-0 on Saturday uh, against St. Martin at home. Um, Livingston, that's your neck of the woods, Paul. Were you at the game? I was at the game, yeah. Uh, well, it was quite a night. <laughs> I think I think uh, we weren't our best in the first half, but I would agree with the, to a degree with the Neil Lennon assessment in the second half. I thought we played really, really well. We'd, Really, really difficult against a team that were quite clearly holding on to everything they had at that point. We 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 let them get back in the game with two very uncharacteristic or one one very uncharacteristic mistake and one unfortunately uh, mistake which echoed the previous visit to Livingston. So uh, end of the night, it, it turned out well for us. We extended our lead. It was uh, the for the Forster mistake. I completely. I was like, what? I wanted to double check. It's just. Is that his first? Rem, is that his, is that, is that his first mistake well, since I, coming I back? He, I, thought he, I thought he sold one of the goals at Livingston the last time. He get chipped it off a lazy, which he shouldn't yeah. do for his height. But he's been punching those crosses all season. I, know, I don't know why weird. he tried to catch it. Uh, it was just a strange... You know, he gets a pass because he hasn't been doing that. that I mean, that that will be a one-off for him. Uh, Julien's was... Mm, it's one of those ones he, he does it a lot. You know, we've mentioned it before. He gets... He struggles. I mean, the first half, he, he had dikes in his back pocket. Second half, he dives in, slips. We can see the goal. And he, to be honest, he fell apart after that. I thought he was awful in the second half. And he really needs to get that out of his game. Uh, pronto. Uh, getting bullied by crap centre-forwards. And London dikes is crap. Uh, a lot of stuff on uh, kicking around, though, that uh, seems like an obvious... Was, I think somebody, somebody tweeted out, to think that... A Scottish club could have got uh, Lyndon Dykes and who's the boy um, Dundee United again? Sorry, uh, Shankland. They could they could have got both of them for free in the summer. Uh, to me, Lyndon Dykes, Paul, he reminds me of Chris Killen. That's what he looks like. Just a big stooky. He's one of the players. He's he's got no goal scoring ability at all. He's yeah, he actually it reminds me more of the boy Stockley that was at Aberdeen, the one that they had before Cosgrove, who yeah. was. He was all arms and legs and, and elbows, as, as Kieran Tierney can vouch for. Uh, and he's, but his his actual footballing ability was very limited. I think it, it there was some sort of I saw his summer tweets and some other things about or, you know if Rangers had signed him and all this stuff, giving him an option up front. But I think that's why they signed Greg Stewart, and you know he's he's terrible. So I don't think Dykes would have been an upgrade on him. Uh, I, I would agree with him. I think he's an absolutely terrible player, but. Physically, for some reason, Julian's played him twice now, and he's made Julian look pretty average. Uh, he's at Preston North End, Jaden Stockley. Yes, I actually saw him scoring a goal last year. There you go, uh, against Middlesbrough. Uh, yeah, uh, Dykes Rem, oh, um, uh, terrible player. I mean, I, 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 I just to pick up on Paul's point about the two bad games at Livingston. I would say that in Julian's defence, he had Dykes in his back pocket. At Celtic Park. I mean, Dykes is completely limited, and everything about that team is geared around the way they want to play. I mean, if you look at their stadium, round the side, facing the cameras, they've got in shots into the advertising hoardings for the long shies. The pitch is awful narrow; it's not very long, so they can play their long ball, hoof ball, you know, long shies, hoof it. We should have known it was coming. 
And to be fair, we stood up to most of it, bar two stupid errors. And, you know, Julian got away with another one in the second half where he passed it straight to the Livingston player and Dyke should have made it 3-1. Uh, I don't think we'd have come back from that. But as Paul said, it, it turned out absolutely lovely in the end when uh, the other mob uh, dropped three points at home at Hamilton. Here, before we move, move into that, I, I was thinking about the Forster mistake last uh, against Livingston last night. I was watching and just had the contrast or how much of a shock it was and the contrast with having a goalie like Forster compared to Craig Gordon. I was watching the Liverpool uh, Atletico game last night and you know, all black for, uh, for Madrid and then you had uh, Adrian, sorry, and, and, yeah. and the difference between uh, Alisson and Adrian's just, it was massive for Liverpool, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, Allison's a Allison's a really good keeper. I, I think Old Black's the best keeper in the world. Aye, um, brilliant. I mean, uh, the contrast was amazing. He, he's a fantastic. He's, he's been a fantastic goalie for years, um, and you know, we, we've talked about it before in Europe. Fraser Foster will dig us out a hole yeah. that Gordon and Scott Bain wouldn't, uh, and that's the difference between having a really, really good goalkeeper and you know, Atletico Madrid. Their goalkeeper did his job last night, and you know. Their manager changed their team in extra time and they went for it and they, they ripped Liverpool to shreds. But, you know, yeah. their goalie was piss poor. But, you know, a, a decent goalie at, a, at top level makes a massive difference. Uh, by the way, what about the Livingston goalie? Apparently he's Scotland's best under 21. I mean, what about the first goal? <laughs> he plays for the... He's on loan from the, the mighty uh, Govan Galacticos. I mean, straight through him. <laughs> Absolutely atrocious. Hopeless. Uh, I, hope, I hope he's their future. The uh, yeah, whatever we've got in the summer, we've got is whatever it takes to buy uh, Forster. We've got to, got to get them on permanently. Yeah, got to get them. I mean, the, the thing is, you, we should be able to afford them because you're getting rid of Craig Gordon's wages anyway. So you know, I, I, my my understanding, but obviously Forster, I think wants to stay. I think Southampton will be pretty easy to deal with, and it's just up to Lovell to get the level of contract and the wages to balance out, and I and I think we'll we'll have a, a great goalie for the next three four years. Uh, although I mean, there's a lot of, lot. Of, well, I think it made the papers, but I think uh, somebody mentioned it. Uh, we're going to be trying to spend fortunes on uh, trying to persuade Edward to stay. Um, so I'll be interesting because if Edward does stay, we are investing. We would be this summer. We'd be investing absolute fortunes. In two players that we've already got, so you know when people come to assess a transfer window, if we if we tied down Edward for a couple of more years or whatever, and bought Forster permanently, that's a huge investment, and people are going to look at yeah, the transfer you window. Know, you're, for, you're forgetting about the thirty million for Christopher Ayer. Oh, I suppose we might as well to see uh, Ayer's Paul. Did you notice this Ayer's agent in the paper this morning? He's he's leaving. I say he's he's contracted to the end of next season. And the agents yeah. in the paper this morning saying, "Well, he's leaving this coming summer." There's masses of interest. I, I, I say, I mean, Ayer's a decent enough player, but I, I and I've thought this. I think I've said it on here. He's been, uh, I think he's been reading his uh, social media too much. He thinks he's. I think I begin to think he's uh, the second coming of Franz Beckenbauer. Uh, he's nowhere near that. I remember there was a, a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago, there was stuff kicking around it. The Borussia Dortmund would be interested in that. Not a chance he's going to a club like that, is there? No chance. No, no, yet, no. I'm, I think we've talked about Ayer so many times in that context that he's he's got the potential 
to be a very good player, Does but he? his game is I think he has, but his game's still riddled with mistakes. I'm I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not suggesting he's going to be, you know, another Virgil van Dyke, but I think he's he's got the you know got the potential to play play at a good level. He plays at a good level. He plays for us and you know and we're we're a good team, but I don't think he's as good as as people think he is. Sometimes I think he's still prone to mistakes. I certainly agree with the, the assessment that his agents at it uh, because if his agents been watching his performances lately, uh, he's he's been up and down. You know we've talked about him on here a number of times where a number of the games he's he's not been brilliant. He's been okay. Uh, pretty consistent playing in a, a fairly settled defence at times, but uh, he's always, you know, still prone to diving in. He's still not always positionally in the best place, and and he's still prone to the odd stupid mistake. He's, you know, he's, he's gave away a couple of daft penalties. He's, he can go in for the daft ten yard slide tackles when it suits him. He had one up at St Johnson, which he connected with a guy, thankfully, but he must have set off about a halfway line and connected with a guy about the eighteen yard line on that kind of rainy pitch and uh, it was perfectly timed but he gets one of them wrong and he's straight off you know he's, he's a, I think he's a good player but I, I don't think he's the player that he thinks he is uh, not yet I mean, what is he 21 um, you think do you think he can get better Rem I mean we bought uh, well, Ju- Julian in the summer for 7 million I would say Julian I know he's four, 5 or 6 years older but I, I would say Julian's a, a, came straight in, straight away as a better, better uh, um, centre back than Ayer is yeah, but I, I'm 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 no Ayers biggest fan, as you know, and, mm. and and for all the reasons that Paul's just given, he does have potential. But to realise that potential, you have to stop making the same mistakes, and he's not learning yet. But I will say in his defence, he's no a left-sided centre half. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and he's been asked to play in a position that is alien to him, and he doesn't have a left foot, uh, which means he always tackles with the wrong foot which means he goes to ground a lot. Um, and uh, he, is, he is only going to get better if he well, learns his left foot, which I think he's, he's going to struggle now. But he needs probably to play on the right-hand side to fulfil his potential. And if Julian's there, he's not going to. Um, yeah, we need to buy a, a left-sided, although they're, they're rarer than hen's teeth, a left-sided uh, centre-back. But we need to dig one out from somewhere. Anybody get any suggestions? Mulgrew. What about that boy, Katich? He's, he's a fan. <laughs> can, can, uh, can that guy Patterson kick with his left foot? Hey, s- scored again at the weekend, by the way. Scored again at the weekend. Yeah, top uh, level. Uh, the, uh, the, I have to confess... <laughs> I was watching the Livingston game and got to the last five minutes. I, I thought we played pretty well in the second half. And I thought, you know what? I, I'm going to change up our luck here. I'm going to switch over. And I switched over to watch uh, Rangers Hamilton. It was brilliant. I keep get, I'm keep. i completely torn uh, between what do I prefer, watching us win or watching them lose. Right now, watching them lose is just... Oh, uh, it's so funny. It was brilliant. I just I, I turned on just to watch the, the reception at the end. I... Unfortunately, I missed the. Uh, hey, here, uh, Paul, you were at the game. Was there any? Was there eight minute applause for Stephen Gerrard at Livingston? <laughs> well, I think I think I was. I think it was meant to be St. Martin game that happened, but no, I, th- I think there was. The only downside of Livingston was we couldn't really get that much a laugh because we scored so late. I think if we'd been in a, a more comfortable position, it would have been, 
you know, downright hilarity. But as it was, there was a, I don't know, Remy, you can tell me if it was the same. I know you weren't that far from me, but it, it wasn't like previous games when they went down uh, because at that point we were struggling. And, uh, or not struggling, but we're struggling to get back in the game. And so it wasn't quite as enjoyable as, as say, the week before when they got beat. But yeah, there, all these occasions are running into one now. It's, it's hard to distinguish between them. It's happening that often. The uh, I, you were talking about uh, Rem uh, about the thing in the daily record about the valuation of the Rangers team. Uh, did you yeah. see the goal? Well, I don't know if you saw the goal against someone. Was that I have that, seen the goal? I, I thought and Tavernier were phenomenal. Well, yeah. uh, the Barisic, I mean, Lewis Smith, Hamilton Youth, uh, who I think Celtic should take a look at. I think he's a, a kind of Ryan Christie type. He absolutely left Barisic, the twenty-five million pound Barisic for dead. Uh, to start the the move that caused the goal, um, absolutely. So I I mentioned this, and of course uh, the author of the Daily Record piece <laughs> wasn't very happy. Uh, but anyway, what about the Connor Golson drag back? Pretty pretty nice, Rem. You, I mean, fantastic, fantastic. It was it was just you know what the hell he was trying to do. Well, you know what he was trying to do. He thought he was that good. He would just do a drag back. That's right. He should just have hoofed it. I mean. Tavernier could have hoofed it in the first place. I mean, well, well, he, you just add him to the, another one of his list of dreadful mistakes, but Goldson should have bailed him out. But he, he got too cocky and uh, he got burned and the guy finished it relatively well. And uh, Tom Tom Miller's commentary was phenomenal. I mean, we've all seen it. It's just, or heard it. It's just, when, when, when they lose, you know, it's like a death in the family. When he's on, it is brilliant. Uh Disaster for Rangers at the end, and uh, just just brilliant. And, and, you know, and they're, they're now talking up Barisic, as you said, twenty two million from Spurs. You know, the the team in the English Premier League that you know the guy could out Daniel Levy could out Lowell Lowell. He he, he never spent twenty two million on a guy from Scotland. Never. Uh, a total fantasy stuff. Uh, by the way, I mean, I get again. We know the Bynum and the other team uh, podcast, but the how much are you getting for Morelis now, Rem? I mean, you'd be lucky if you get seriously. The they were always going to get for an, an undisclosed fee, which will be somewhere between three and five million. Uh, will it be as much as that? I wonder, uh, Paul. What do you think for him? Well, I hope the guy gets a good signing on fee because he's going to have some amount of maintenance payments to pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before I forget, there's, there, I, I don't think he's alone. Uh, but we'll leave that. Um, we'll leave that to one side. I think there's more scandal coming for them from yeah, Michigan. The, the, strike, the strikers are doing more scoring off the pitch. We'll leave it. Uh, at that. Get, I, I, well, there's been a bit of time in in, in the physios on the massage table. Let's leave it at that. Right, we'll leave it at that. Um. <laughs> See, the, the only thing I was going to say about about that game was uh, I don't know if you clocked Tavernier's comments in the program about you know poor us everybody's in our faces and we're just not good enough to cope with it. I guess the lucky thing there is that there wouldn't be many of them at the game who could actually read that, so it wouldn't be till they go back in the bus and they drive <laughs> it out to them that they would have had an impact. So he was probably okay at the game, but it was some backlash they had after it. Uh, oh, I uh, very very funny. Uh, of course, while I'm watching that, uh, I I refresh my Google feed and lo and behold, uh, Tom Rogic. It's an odd celebration, Rem. When Roy, I, yep. I, 
it's very uh, strange because because of the angle I was at, I thought he'd missed. I thought the uh, I thought the Livingston defender had blocked it. He almost did. Out, he'd gone out for a bike kick, and I couldn't believe he'd missed it. And when I saw him running away, not celebrating, I genuinely did believe he'd missed it until you know you get this at a split second when you realise that everybody around you is going bonkers, and you've not celebrating a, a pretty important goal. So it was only when I saw it later. I, mean, I think it went through the guy's legs and hit, hit both his legs. I mean, that's why I thought he'd missed it. But this, the non-celebration was really strange because it was a big goal. Um, lot Again, a lot of stuff. I, I, guess, I think the Australian deputy assistant coach or something, I don't know, can't remember, Rennie, whatever his face is, saying Roger has to leave. This boy seems to have a bit of a hard-on for Celtic. He's wanting Arzani to leave as well and What's everybody to leave? Uh, Arzani should leave. If he can't get a game, he should go. Well, he's not going to leave. He'll just go back and loan uh, back to Man City. It's Mark Schwartzer saying that uh, he says, uh, what was it he said? He came out with an absolute belter that Australia don't get a full 90 minutes from Roger like Celtic do. I mean, we're lucky we get 20 minutes off him at most games. So I, I don't know what player he's watching, but. I think Rogic's time will be up in the summer and he'll be off. Yeah, I, and I think that's fair enough. Great servant for the club. Done. Oh, he's given us so much entertainment, scored lots of really important goals. I uh, would go with my blessing. Uh, I reckon Celtic will get more for Rogic than Rangers would get for Morelos. Paul, agreed? Yeah, I think I think Rogic, we've talked about I think before umpteen times, I think he's a fantastic player. He certainly gave me my best ever moment as a Celtic fan in the the first treble which was the invincible treble which was quite a quite a finish to that game as you know but uh, nah, I wish him all the best I think he's been a great player for us obviously like him to stay but we've got other players that will fill that gap and he has the last couple of seasons he's diminished a wee bit in his presence in the team so yeah it's maybe the right time um, yeah although in seeing how much we'll get for him you know in the current Context of you know what clubs are looking for. Certainly, top flight clubs are looking for from a midfielder. I'm not sure. Rogic seems to me to be a little bit of a throwback. Uh, midfielders these days are expected to play on both sides of the ball, and, a, and a, I'm not sure he does that to to the extent that a really really top club would require. But anyway, it, you'll you'll go with our blessing. Uh, he scored two two. That um, stretched the lead to thirteen points at the top of the league. Saturday at St. Martin, five uh, nil. Um, Roderick started on Saturday, didn't Paul? I mean, I, could, I suppose I could call huh? the team up. Aye, um, huh? I started. Here, uh, my favourite uh, t- Twitter feed, uh, certainly in terms of analysing Celtic, uh, uh, Duco James, uh, <laughs> who I started following on Twitter, and he turns out he's a some market analyst. He's got. He runs some hedge funder. I've got. I mean, his tweets are absolutely incomprehensible. But every so often, he'll drop something in about Celtic. Uh, and I think there was one. I don't know if it was him or if it was uh, uh, the Celtic by numbers boy. A comparison between uh, Brown and McGregor in the holding uh, or the defensive midfield role. Uh, who's the better number six? And McGregor, you won't be surprised. Um, wins it by miles, certainly in a st- statistical sense. Um, but I don't know why I brought this up, but uh, just basically it was a precursor to saying that I don't think Roderick should play on Sunday, but uh, we'll deal with the St. Martin game first. 5-0, Rem, nice Saturday night, uh, Saturday afternoon out, wasn't it? It was, and uh, to be honest, although we scored some really nice goals, we didn't really get out of second gear. No. Uh, I thought I thought the St. Martin goalie had, a, he had some game, he pulled off some tremendous saves. Uh, I don't think he could be faulted for any of the goals. 
But I, I, I thought we, I didn't think we got a second gear on, on Saturday. I thought it was way too easy for us, which I think is what we needed. We needed a nice, easy win. Get players. I mean, we got we got El Hamid on, got him twenty minutes into legs. As you say, Rogic started. You know, Forrest got a, a good game after having a few shockers. So and Griffiths, of course, started and, and got a hat trick. So it was a good game for getting everybody's confidence up without us really catching fire at any point to me. I, I just, it was an easy 5 0 win. Here, um, the St. Murn goal, how do you pronounce his name? What was, is it? Hladke, I think. Hladke? Is he is hard to tell on the, the small screen? Is he big? I didn't think he was especially big, uh, no. So, but because in terms of shot stopping and. Just the way he handled the ball, I thought I was really impressed. You know, Craig Gordon going away in the summer, obviously. I wonder if he's somebody we might take a look at. Is he on loan? You, you know this kind of stuff usually. No, probably. he's 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 on he's out of contract to the end of the season. He was he he, st- he started a rumor at, at Christmas that he was going to the Huns, but they denied it. Uh, saying here on Wikipedia, six foot two, one hundred and seventy-six pounds. I'm not buying that then. Uh, Paul, uh, did you enjoy the game? Uh, Griffiths, your man, East Coast man, scored three goals. Pretty good. Aye. Uh, same, it was, it was a good game. Uh, pretty relaxed and never really felt we were in any trouble at all in the game. And the the goals, certainly the first maybe three goals were, were, were brilliant goals. Uh, the, you know, the, the first one is you know, the ball from Eduardo over the top for Griffiths to tap in was fantastic. And I think the, the second one was the the five-a-side goal, wasn't it? The, the kind of one-twos at the edge of the box and amazing We sort of wall pass off Frogic for, for Griffiths to stick it away. We, we played as well as we needed to. It wasn't a particularly stellar performance, but uh, I agree with Emi. Ahead of this week, uh, knowing that we were going to get first, probably first full week we've had rest as well uh, and be able to prepare for a game, it was, it was a, a nice way to warm up. Um, do you think Griffiths earned his place for Sunday? Oh, what? Well, that's a that's a tricky one. <laughs> I remember Brian McClure scoring a hat trick once and getting dropped the following game, so it's it's entirely possible. Yeah, uh, actually, get four, two. Paul. You get four at Dundee. Four. I, I I remember it was Dundee. I couldn't remember if it was a hat trick or four, but I th- it, it really comes down to how we decide to play on on Sunday ones. So if we decide to to stick with the, the three at the back that we've. You know, it's been tried and tested over the last couple of months and, and it might give us something different to what we've had bef- before the last couple of games against them. But if we go with 4-5-1, then it'll be Edward. The, um, uh, before I forget, uh, uh, near Beaton, I thought, uh, did he come in for the Livingston game in that back three? Did he? He, he, played at Livingston. he played at St. John'son as well, but he, he played at Livingston. I thought he was the best defender we had. I thought he was a man in a match against Livingston. And I also thought, I know it sounds terrible when a guy gets a hat trick. I thought he was a man in a match again on Saturday. He's playing really well. Uh, yeah, I was. I was. Uh, was going to mention that. Um, still can't shoot though, but uh, that's okay. Oh. Uh, but uh, I, I just wonder. I thought I've been really, really impressed. I, I know he signed a new contract early in the season. That's really again t- talking to great servants for the club. Been a good player for a number of years. Um, I suppose you know, come out on a Sunday. I, I, I think the quite you. Know, we can all have an opinion on what, what how we should play. I, I, I suppose it's more important, you know, how we will play. What, what, what do you think, Paul? What do you think he'll do? I think it'll be the three at the back. Uh, I, I genuinely think he'll uh, 
how can I put it? We're in a we're in a to a degree we're in a no pressure situation. That's a stupid thing to say. I know around a Celtic Rangers game, but we've got such a big lead. It's really not going to be that dramatic if we lose it in terms of the league. However, I think Lennon stung by what happened at New Year. He stung by the criticism after the cup final, and he wanted to go and make a statement. Uh, and I just look back at how we've played since the the split. Uh, sorry, since the the summer, the, the winter break. Sorry, uh, and I think the games where collectively we've thought we've played better, we've been more flown, and we've been more potent, have been the games where we've played the three five two, and we've played Griffiths and Edward together. And I think where we've tried to outthink the opposition and change that is where we've struggled a bit. Um. I'll have a quick word here, Rem. Just on the, uh, playing a, a two up top, uh, I think Paul's right that uh, I think you're right, Paul. That you know why why would you dismantle a, a kind of winning partnership? Um, and I think uh, if you play two up top, well, a couple of things. One, it puts more pressure on them defensively. I think part of the problem in the two games, you know, the cup final and the game at uh, Celtic Park in December, we didn't put any pressure whatsoever. Uh, on their uh, centre back pairing, which has proven itself to be no matter what the personality are, personalities are, is absolutely hopeless. Uh, basically, uh, we had Lewis Morgan isolated, and then we had Edward isolated. Uh, I, I, you know, which doesn't work. You can't have a one man press. I think we need to, we need to press them, uh, and two people do that better than one. Obviously, plus I think that Griffiths. One, one thing that's really impressed me about Griffiths. In recent weeks, obviously the goals are important, but he has done a decent defensive shift, uh, which I, I, you know, working the press. Uh, I also, I think I'm not saying anything new or original here, but I, I think he's more of a, a point man in the two, and and uh, Edward can just sort of come back a little bit uh, in that pocket on the left side, uh, which I like. Uh, Rem, two up top. Well, I, I agree with the eleven you're saying. Uh, it's particularly about their defence, but I've said it. Before, I do not like three-five-two, um, and and the the issue I would have with it for this weekend is Forrest is not a wing back, Taylor is not a wing back, and Ayer is not a left-sided centre half. So you immediately get three of your back five struggling, um, and I think we need to match them up in midfield. So I would be playing either four five one, where you can play Forrest in front of a fullback, and you can keep Taylor at left back, where he's probably not been asked to be as attacking, and that would probably work. Which means Griffiths doesn't play, or if you want to play two up front, you need to play four four two. Um, four and we've, not, we've not played that, so that would be a that unless you play it with a diamond. Um, so I, I think he's got a bit of a call. I think Griffiths has made maybe made them have a decision to make, but I do not like the three five two with the defenders we have. Uh, well, my response to that would be, well, hang on a second, are we scared of them? Uh, but I, 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 we I, don't I, need, you don't need to win, Lawrence, a draw. We walk out of there with a draw. It's much, you know, it's no, it's no skin off our noses. Yeah, I want to hammer them, but we don't need to win. So we should be setting up as if we're going away playing Europe, which is what we've done really well this year. The, the disasters in Europe have been at home. Uh, so why don't we set up 
solid defensively uh, and make them try and break us down because that they've already admitted that even your hero Michael Beals admitted they can't they struggle to break teams down. So why go only three at the back when they've, they're playing three up front? That, well, that to me, isn't sensible. Well, the, the retort to that is three at the back. It's not. It could be five at the back. Um, but I do like, uh, ideally, a four-four-two would match up against them. Uh, the two forwards putting pressure on their um, centre backs, and you, you, before, you know, with a diamond, you're kind of really packing the midfield. Uh, and it can become like a. Remember, Chris Davis used to play six midfielders, Paul. Remember that? What was this? Yeah, yeah. Um, so because we need to really, we cannot let them play through us uh, through the midfield the way that they have been doing. Uh, we need to, and I just think a three-five-two uh, allows us uh, allows us to match them and, in fact, overmatch them in midfield on occasions, which is, I think would be like a kryptonite to them. Uh, Personnel is really, if we're doing a three-five-two. Or if we're trying to, you know, a four-four-two diamond, which you're right, Ren, we haven't played that. Personnel's uh, personnel's really important. So, Paul, to that, end, why don't you pick as a lineup what you think, and we'll we'll maybe have a have a chat about that. Right. Okay. Well, I, I have I've been giving this one some thought, and given some of the things that Remy said, I, I think there's I, th- I think there was a pointer there on Saturday for us about how we might play. So I, I I do think it will be the backs line will be Forster. I think it will be uh, Ayer, Julian, and Beaton. Uh, I think Forrest will play on the left. I think the midfield will be Brown, McGregor, and Christie, and my a uh, <laughs> what's the word Joker pick. I think El Hamid might play on the right, and that gives us the option to go to a four. If it, I just thought he looked absolutely flying when he came on, and I know he was only on for 15 20 minutes, but given the way he played at Ibrox the last time, I think they might try and shoot him in. And if that's the case, it'll be Griffiths and Edward up front, right? Paul, can I just ask you a question there? If you uh, and I and I, I can see your logic, but if you if it gives you the option to go to a four, who's your left back? Ah, good question. <laughs> Well, I think obviously that's your problems. Where I are, I don't think we'll go to a four. I think I think it'll be a three. But if we if we need if we're under pressure, it would need to be higher. But you're right. We're 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 playing at that point. Your options are who have you got on the bench. If you go to a four, you've got the opportunity to bring Taylor or Hayes on. If it's that point in the game where we need to, but I, I think we'll be offensive on Sunday. I think we'll try and win the game, and that's why I think we'll play the three. The, the other thing with Ayer, sorry, with, on the right, you're going to have the option there to, to move Forrest back over. You've also got the option probably Fringpom on the bench. Uh, when they tire, you bring you know, Elhamid off, you bring Frimpong on with the legs and, and we push it through. So I just got an inkling, just based on the fact that, that we, we gave on that game time on on uh, on Saturday, it just made me think there's a, there's a reason for that. Could be wrong, I've been wrong before. Here, Rem, uh, good point about who's a left back, but I, I guess you just push, you just push Ayer out one. You, you know, if you go to a four, he, again, it's not ideal, but it's not ideal him playing a left-sided mid. Uh, right. center, so if you back. assume if you assume Tavernier is going to be fit, right, and it maybe he maybe not, right? Tavernier is terrible defensively, but can cross a ball. 
I, I wouldn't want Ayer matching up to him. Uh, well, if he gets into the position to do that, that's the thing. I think the big issue... I, I really like your thinking, Paul. I think the big issue is who who are the midfield three. Um, I know Brown will be picked, but I really suggest people go and read that. I think it was on... Uh, I can't remember. Is it Alan Morrison? But anyway, Celtic by numbers guy. It was a really comparison between Brown and McGregor at six in the sixth position. Uh, Brown will play, but McGregor should play there, I think. Because apart from anything else, that would give us uh, the chance to play. I think Incham has to play. Yeah, I, but he's not played for weeks. Uh, yeah, but, uh, well, I mean, so? I mean, if he's fit, he's fit. And he's a professional footballer. He's not, it's not like he hasn't played against them before. Uh, I feel gutted for Ryan Christie. But, you know, given that there's only two available positions... Uh, Brown's getting one because of who he is, I guess. Um, McGregor plays because it's McGregor, and there's one one spot left between Christie and and uh, Incham. I think Incham provides a bit more steel, a bit more running in, in midfield, a bit more defensive work. Uh, and you kind of got to hope that that Griffiths and uh, Griffiths and uh, Edward will provide a you know a degree of defensive cover. Uh, and Ryan Christie has to has to miss out, so I would go midfield. I would say I'd go Brown, McGregor, and and Cham. If he's not fit, then uh, uh, obviously Christie. But then you have that slight concern of Brown, and because Christie plays in such an advanced position, it's just his, it's what his nature is. You have that. You know, what would happen? What happened before is Brown and McGregor being isolated against a packed midfield, which is. Uh, you know, which is no no bueno. Uh, hopefully, uh, that's why I think Incham should play. I quite like the idea of Forrest. I get. I mean, Forrest in that wing back role. I know it was on the right. I mean, he took care of uh, what's his name? At, uh, was it Cumin at uh, Bayern Munich? I mean, he's a pretty good. I think he's a he's an underrated. He's underrated in every aspect. But I think he's a pretty underrated uh, wing back. I think he does a good shift defensively. I, I, I love James Forrest. He's defensively really really weak as a wing back. Uh, again, I, I mean, then obviously, do you ever watch football? I mean, I don't. I mean, that's really yes, tough. I do. And I watched the ball sail over his head about four times against Livingston. And he didn't realise it was staying in. Um, well, he again, that's no harm. He, he's got fantastic work rate, but he's not a good defender. Um, again, uh, good enough, I would suggest to take care of Tavernier. What do you think about uh, Rem? What do you think about it, uh, that midfield? If we're assuming we're playing a three-five-two, what would be your line? I I want Enchant to be fit. Uh, Christie positionally is all over the shop. He just goes chasing the ball sometimes, like watching under twelve football, um, and and needs to learn to hold a position. Uh, and Cham's a better passer, um, and in that pitch, I'd prefer the people that can keep the ball and uh, hold their position. Uh, so I, I want Encham to be in the three, but uh, if he's not, I expect it to be Christie, which is why, you know, you, you might maybe want to play a four and then you, you maybe don't need to play Christie. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I expect us to win, but I think he, I think because we've got a lot of big players that the manager's got a problem picking the team. Uh, if and I hope overthink it, but, but we probably are. Yeah, well, if it was a if it was a 4-4-2 or a 4-1-4-1, uh, what's your team, Rem? Uh, or a 4-2-3-1, which I can't, I, I don't think you can play that. If it was a 4, I'd have El Hamid at right back. Yeah. Uh, and I'd have, well, he's going to go with Ayer and 
and Julian, which means Beaton's getting dropped, and I'd have Taylor at left back, and then I'd have uh, Forrest, Brown, and Cham and McGregor, and Griffiths and Edward. Um, we've, but we've never played that though, have we? I mean, we just haven't. We haven't practiced that. That team would gub them. The uh, what did we switch to, Paul or Rem, whatever? Uh, when we switched from the three against Aberdeen, uh, we put Ayer at right back. Uh, what else happened? Actually, do he work to right back? Scored the he's, goal. He's came on, didn't he? He's came on at left back, and Ayer went to right back. And how did we play through midfield? Was it just the same? I can't. I just can't remember. Um, did we go to two up top? Or did we have two up top? Or did we take somebody? Else? I just I can't remember. I suppose I should look it up. Griffiths was off. He took Griffiths off. Right. Okay. So uh, we. So we, we, did... we, we. I mean, the thing is, Taylor. Taylor didn't play at all well against Livingston either, and Hayes looked much better than him when he came on. Um, you could see him doing the Hayes has done all right. I but before he's going to play him. So, you know, I, I'm just hoping we don't get a curveball selection. Um, I'd like to see players playing in their proper positions. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking here. Taylor came out. By the way, Taylor's just not. He's not good enough. I don't think uh, for us. He's got a lot to prove. I mean, again, potential, but he's he's more of a defensive fullback, which is okay. You could maybe say he stays back and Forrest goes forward, and Ayer or somebody who maybe Beaton can shuffle over. But he's he can only cross a ball if he's got miles of space because he he cannot beat a man. Even if he gets half a yard, he turns back and passes the ball back way or sideways. He can only cross a ball if he's got loads of space. Um, he's got a lot to do to be you know the quality we need to be a fullback. Uh, just thinking about it, the curveball selection thing that's been a slight issue over the years. I wonder if uh, in an attempt to avoid that you. Uh, you know, he might just play Forrest. He might play a back three of El Hamid, Julien, and Ayer, and then put uh, Forrest out in the right, and Hayes out in the left, and then play your midfield of uh, um, McGregor, Brown, and then Cham. That might be that might be it actually. Um, and then that's you can't call that a curveball selection, can you, Paul? Well, only for the point of view that El Hamid's played twenty minutes in four months, but. Yeah, it's, that that's a pretty good team. He's, you know, he splits opinion. Uh, and, and again, for, for all the fact that Hayes was a winger for so long, he's not a particularly great crosser of the ball when he plays for us. So uh, I don't think that necessarily solves the, the wing-back or, or problem either. Uh, and probably good enough. Uh, and he's what he does give you is, is work rate and, and commitment and I know you know that's not everything but he he, he does his best not to let us down but I don't think he's I think he's a limited player as well you know he's he's got different failings from Taylor but the failings are still there you know it's there's no ideal selection at left back or left sided uh, wing back on. Uh, Sunday, which is why I suggested Forrest for it, because I genuinely think we've got an abundance of options on the right, but very, very little on the left. Um, yeah, I kind of agree, and, and the interesting thing is none of us are picking El Yanoussi. I mean, he's not come back from that injury at all, and uh, I don't think he could play wing back anyway. No. Uh, I don't think so, and no, definitely not. He doesn't have the inclination. You can see it. That he, you know, have you ever seen, you, you seldom see him making a defensive tackle. 
or a, a defensive block. I mean, he obviously doesn't want to tackle. He's a £60 million player. Uh, he doesn't want to get shorts dirty. Um, by the way, Rem, you make a good point about the pitch. I mean, it is an absolute midden, isn't it? Well, they're playing on it in a couple of hours, and uh, it's been pouring here all day. Um, so it's going to be like a ploughed field on uh, Sunday. I'm, I'm guessing the accountants are looking after the, the pitch as well. I mean, absolutely fucking useless. Uh, well, they tried to they tried to do a they tried to do a an us and put in a oh, did they? you know one of these hybrid pitches, but they did it by going to Billy's turf merchant at the bar. As I think. <laughs> no, I think so, they, uh, they went to do the guys that did Lee Griffiths here. Griffiths Boyd Productions did their, uh, their new pitch. The, the thing about that though, I mean, you for giving them dispensation not to let Leverkusen train on the pitch. Now, that, that gets reported in the press here as, as if it's a, a sort of normal occurrence, but that's, you know, that's rare that happens. And and you've got, you know, I think the, the Daily Record reported it as, you know, down to the heavy rain in the west of Scotland. Now, look at us and look at Hull even, and the, the pitches are perfectly playable and, and are, you know, I'm not a horticulture expert, the same as I'm not a, a, a virology expert, but what's the difference? <laughs> you know, probably about two million quid in our case, but you know, you look at Fur Hill, you look at you know other pitches in the, the west of Scotland, and they seem to be able to play it all right. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't let Braga train on it either because I, it was crap. Um, and remember, that, the Braga game was maybe going to be off because the pitch that, was that pitch. Bad. That pitch here's never. Remember years ago, the the Lord the pitch. Uh, yeah. To get more seats in, and they took it below the water line, uh, the water table line, whatever the, the right expression is. But so effectively, it's it's below flooding level. So th- there's maybe a clue there. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking here. It seems to be a bit of movement on the F. I think I'm not, we're not going to real time Twitter. Um. Anyway, we'll see here. Uh, yeah. Although apparently I read today, Paul, that Braga didn't get to train uh, train on the pitch either. It is. I, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I just said that a minute ago. Oh, you sorry. Were obviously, you <laughs> twi- eat sorry. your twat. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, anyway, we'll, we'll see. It is an absolute shock. That'd be a bit of a leveller. So, yeah, yeah. It could be, it could be an old, old style, uh, old style game, Rem. Absolute mud bath. Ball, st- you know, the boy shoots and it's going into the goal and it sticks in the big mud bath before, <laughs> before yeah. he crosses the line. It could be. I mean, I, the weather forecast is is okay for the next couple of days, but I believe it's going to be pouring again on Sunday. Um, I mean, the pit. Well, at least we got some practice. We're playing at St Johnson. That's about all you can say. <laughs> did you see that? Do you know? I, I was looking at that and I was just thinking, oh my god, what do people are, around the world think when they look at this? I mean, it was a great game that St Johnson game, but the pit, you know, taking a corner kick and they're trying to find a spot in the puddle to put the ball down. It was straight from the nineteen seventies. I had the I had the standard independent traveller row A ticket that day and, and the stand opposite the main stand and because completely open, uh, absolutely horsing it down all day and stood the whole game in three inches of water at the front of the stand. So it was a horrendous day. So you're advocating summer football then, eh? Oh I, well I, I don't know about that, but it's certainly advocating better allocation of tickets for the ticket office. 
Um, anyway, the long and the short of it, we went to the game. Is it thirteen points? Uh, is it thirteen points? They were lucky on Sunday, by the way. Oh, gee, could you imagine if they'd lost that? The boy, this uh, Ross County should have scored before they did. They should have. Uh, should have. And I saw quite on Twitter, Alan McGregor got the man of the match, so that says about, I mean, how funny would that have been? 16 points ahead going into Sunday. If we beat them on Sunday, that would have been 19 points. I think it'll be funnier, though, when you see Alan McGregor get sent off on Sunday. Uh, this coming Sunday? Oh, he's going to lose it. And uh, the third one goes by him, he's going to lose it big time. The, uh, I thought he was going to... He is... I don't know what's wrong with him. He's, there's something not quite right. Because when this the Hamilton scored, the he goes absolutely tonto at the centre half. half. I mean, his best ones at half time against Hearts when they haven't sent the guy off and he turns into Basil Faulty and uh, <laughs> pulls the pulls the shirt up over the head and sort of goose steps off the park greeting. It's hilarious. Ah, uh, brilliant! I must have a look at that. Anyway, uh, Sunday. Oh, Honestly, it's, it's brilliant. If nobody said Hearts, the Hearts Cup game it is. He's a 38-year-old man. It's hilarious. The best, uh, the best tweet I saw last week, somebody tweeted, they tweeted a gif of that, and it was, uh, what happens when you hear the ice cream van and your moss says there's chalk ices in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. So I think we've settled on a 3-5-2. Um, and uh, Paul, good idea with James Forrest. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh I think um, El Hamid's uh, defensive capabilities are... He, you're right, uh, Remy was brilliant at Ibrox uh, in, the, in the previous game. I think He was beat on, though, before he went in, off injured. He had a tremendous game at Ibrox the last time. That's true. Oh, mate, I tell you what, you wouldn't want to pick... You know, if you're Neil Lennon, you wouldn't want to pick a team... Well, I guess you... I mean, that's why you're doing the job, you love it. But it's a hard one, isn't it? Because if you, if you pick a team and you, and you don't get the result you're looking for... Oh, it'd drive you insane. Thank God you don't do, don't do the job. Um, here, uh, Paul, I, I guess we'll give... A, a, I don't want a score prediction, but I want, you know, a kind of reasoned uh, explanation of, of, you know, I don't want the times of the goals or anything like that and the goal scorers, <laughs> but uh, what, 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 what do you think? I, I think we'll... I think we've had two chances to, to learn from our mistakes. Uh, we've we played a very, very good... Uh, game against them at Ibrox the last time. We've subsequently played them twice, and you know the, the manager's taken a fair bit of criticism for his selection and his tactics, and he's to a degree, you know, a bit ridiculous given that you know we, we won the cup, but you know we, we went through that one at the time. Uh, the last game we we definitely did not play as we can play, and and I I suspect that you know if there's one thing that. Neil Lennon will not want he'll not want to to have his reputation sullied by a, another you know defeat in the hands of them. So I think we'll go out we'll be solid, uh, but I think we'll go out with an offensive mindset. I, I think the difference in us pre Christmas to where we are now, whether it's confidence, whether it's tactics, whether it's just uh, you know we've added a, a wee bit more flair to our game, whatever you want to put it, but we are scoring relatively scoring for fun uh, and with a couple of exceptions we've been still averaging that, that three goals a game uh, three or three or more goals a game I think we'll go out and we'll be reasonably comfortable on Sunday uh, if you're wanting a prediction I'd say 2-0 oh, that was going to be my uh, 
That was going to be my score prediction. I might have to change it. Uh, what you got to remember, Paul, we're night and day um, post-split. I mean, they are as well. I mean, they've gone, uh, they've gone in the tank. Uh, they've got a game yeah. tonight. Uh, there's a fair chance that they'll get a, a good chasing tonight on a heavy pitch. I mean, win, win, lose, or draw, they're going to be, you know, be a lot taken out of their legs. Uh, we're fresh. We've had a, a week off. Not a week off, but, you know, a week to work on it. A week to work on shaping and tactics. I mean, it's set fair. It's about as, you know, if you're looking to beat them there, uh, you know, I mean, everything's running for you right now. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to say two. I w- actually, I was going to say three, but I thought that just sounds ridiculous. It's like something that Remy would say. But I'm, I'll go, they might score 3-1. 3-1 as Rem, you can finish us off the, because people only listen to this to listen to you. So uh, <laughs> give us a give us a, a reasoned analysis and a, and a score prediction. I think we'll win four nil. Uh, I think they're I think they're a, they're a poor poor team. Um, I think they will get a chase tonight, and even if they don't, even if they win two 0 they'll be emotionally knackered. Uh, I think they've got a few injuries. I still think the game will be behind closed doors, and I think we'll gub them. Four uh, 0 Actually, I was, was last night in an idle moment. I was thinking maybe it could be a five, but four uh, 0 Yeah, so that's. Three of us think that, that that will win it. Uh, here's hoping that would take the the gap to 16 points. With how many games left, Paul? Is that? I think that's uh, we'd we'd have seven left. They'd, they'd have eight left. I think. Oh, oh no, no, six and seven because uh, we've we've got two. No, so I tell I seven and eight. Yeah, I was right the first time. So we've still got two games for the split. We've got. Uh, is it St Johnston then Hibs before the split, and they've they've got a, an extra game still to play. So. Yeah, I think the other thing, going back to what you said at the start, Lawrence, when we were talking about the, the wider situation, I think what a win for us on Sunday does, it, it does dispel any nonsense about there still being a league sort of challenge. Uh, it finishes, it doesn't finish it mathematically, but I think, you know, common sense would dictate at that point that, that they're, no, they're not coming back and we're not going to lose five games in the last seven. So uh, I think on, if we win on Sunday, it's all over. Here, one quick thing that Rem before we go. The uh, did you watch the PSG Dortmund game? The oh. no, uh, it's really it's it's actually quite interesting watching a game at that level with no fans in the stadium. You can hear it. You can hear a lot. I was just wonder how much moaning will uh, we hear of Morelos if if, if if he even plays or Alan McGregor going tonto at his at his uh, his centre halves. It could be it could be very very funny actually. It could, it could be really interesting, but they mute their singing, so I think they'll be all right. <laughs> uh, anyway, it'll be brilliant. Uh, again, uh, hopefully the the medical situation is all you know a bit more organised, and we'll know what's going on. I uh, don't mean, mean to make fun of the situation; we we kind of get the seriousness of it. But uh, football's an escape for all of us. Uh, Paul, good to talk to you, pal. Talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, thanks for me. Enjoy your enjoy your self-imposed isolation. Yeah, I'll have a uh, All the best, Rem. Talk to you next right. week, hopefully. Speak to you later. Cheers, guys. <laughs> <laughs>